What's up, Dunwoody? We've been recording a lot of shows recently, probably more than we should have, and now I've got about 10 podcast backlog that I need to edit and get out. Some great stuff, though. Maybe you'll know a few of these local names. Ann Hanlon, Hayward Westcott, Tom Lambert, uh, Adrian Duncan, Van Pappas, Alan Mothner. We've got some cool local businesses to feature, like the Crown Plaza Ravinia, Contrast Artisan Ales Brewery, and the Lay Meridian. Make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever podcasting app that you use to get those episodes automatically downloaded. And if you're new to the show, make sure you check out our new website. Um, Of course, there's a bunch of Dunwoody news and events. There's a list of all the past podcasts and show notes. There's funny satire posts with fake commentary like The Onion. There's a list of different Facebook group links, uh, funny local classifieds, and all of our information is on there. If you'd like to get in touch with us, Justin Dyke is my co-host and the brains behind that website. Uh, Justin is founder of PoolDudes.com and an all-around good guy that would do anything for you. My name is Matt Weber, the Dunwoody Realtor Dude. I said that off the cuff last week, but uh, I feel like those three words describe me pretty well. Dunwoody Realtor is my profession. I feel like dude defines me nicely in one word. Anyway, if you're uh, thinking about buying or selling in the Dunwoody area, even if your next move is years away, please reach out to me with any questions or concerns. I'm in this for the long haul. Brad Friedman and Village Orthodontics is our sponsor. They are straightening smiles all over Dunwoody. Today's guest is Mike Pachinik from Channel 2 News. Mike lives nearby and uh, covers the Dunwoody area. We met up with him at the AJC office off Perimeter Center Parkway where High Street's going. It was a nice day, so we sat outside. Um, you'll hear a little construction, and at one point a landscaper cranked on a leaf blower. But we got through it. Mike was fun to talk with, and I think we got enough content to patch together a pretty good show. But you tell me what you think. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Okay, we're here with Mike Pachenik, right? You got it. Yeah, cool. That was what good. We, good job. You didn't even practice it. I, you're right. You're right. What are we going to talk about <laughs> You'd today? be amazed at how many people butcher my name. <laughs> Pachenik. No, that it. sounds reasonable. Yeah. I, I couldn't spell it, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So you yeah. work for the AJC or WSB? What is Which, which one? I we, work at Channel 2. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right, yeah. But we are affiliated with the AJC, and that's why we're using this beautiful gazebo here. <laughs> yeah, we're, at their facility. We're outside. You might hear the uh, the work of the State Farm building across the street, but it's a nice ambiance. Did, is yeah. this recycled paper, <laughs> the gazebo we're under? <laughs> that's a good question. It might be. We're, they're very green at the AJC, so it's very possible. You're used to um, doing outside work, though, right? I, I live outside. Yeah. yeah. Well, the truck you see over there, that's my office. They don't invite you inside very often? Uh, very rarely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got to take my shoes off when I come inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do they even give you an office? I have an office. Yeah. I have a, de- I have a cubicle down in Midtown at the TV station, and I actually have a cubicle here at the AJC because this is where we technically work out of. But I'm never there. Got your own stapler and everything. I do. Yeah. They they now they have moved my desk about three or four times. Very much very much like office space. Yeah. Does it keep getting lower and lower? Uh, yes. yes. Right right in front of the men's bathroom now. Yeah. I'm in the utility <laughs> closet down over there. <laughs> well, so what's it like working in Dunwoody, at Channel Two? It's great. I so I cover the North Metro area, Dunwoody included. Um, and what's nice about it is that I'm able to build relationships with the people in the various cities that I cover. So. I get to know all the city council people, the mayor, um, the state representatives, and just the everyday folks that, that live there. Um, and because we're in the community and we're based up here, um, you know, we launch from from Dunwoody every day. Um, so geographically, we're always situated close to where the action is. I think that's why a lot of people move to Dunwoody. Absolutely, close to everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the traffic, you know, uh, as you well know, can be rough at times, but yeah. uh, especially here in the perimeter, but. We, we work with it. You know, it's real hard. It's Google Maps to get to uh, 
perimeter center. Parkway. <laughs> it drops you off at restaurants instead yeah. of at newspapers. Yes, we were at Wendy's on the way here. Yeah, it <laughs> suggests you go to Chewy's instead. Uh, I, but think, but I think that's ad placement, perhaps. It's how often are you actually driving the news van over there, though? So, uh, so I work with a photographer every day, and so he's the driver, right. essentially. I do drive the truck once in a while when he's editing in the back. His, so his office is in the back, mine's in the front. Okay. So, yeah, you guys get to fight about who needs to do work more during the drive, most likely? Basically, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So that's your guy. You're with him all day, all, every day. Every day, yeah. He's got to put up with me every day. Yeah? So And that's unique. At our newsroom, we have three people that cover specific beats. Okay. Um, the rest of them are more general assignments, so they're assigned a different photographer every day. But th- those of us who are in the beats up here, like we got a Gwinnett guy, we got a Cobb guy, we got me, we're all assigned to work with the same person every day, which can be great or it can be horrible. Depending if, on who you Yeah, are. and uh, thankfully I work with a guy we get along very well. Yeah. Uh, we work off each other's energies, and it's great. Well, that was nice of him to let us in the parking area. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just don't mess it up. You know, he's... he's uh, he had to use his key card, so you know they're going to so know. So if we vandalize everything, exactly, they'll know. Answer. They'll know who to come looking for. Are people yeah. excited when they see that van pull up? They're either excited or they're petrified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, most of the time we it's good feedback. But see, when I see it, I never think it's good stuff. I, I'm always like, "Oop, somebody got murdered uh, at that office today." Yeah, I mean, there'll be times when we're set up in a neighborhood on the most benign story, you know, uh, traffic or you know somebody won an award for something and they always assume that it's somebody got shot or kid fell down a hole and can't get out totally yeah and so we just have to you know smile and say nope no it's good news you know or 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 the best is we'll be at a restaurant or in front of like a grocery store and the assumption is always that they had a bad health score (laughs) because we're there but really, we're just getting lunch. Could be covering their great food too, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, because of the restaurant report card, you know franchises that we have at our station and one of our competitors people always are worried about that yeah. that you're there for if i was a restaurant owner i'd shoo you away with a broom if i saw you guys out front <laughs> exactly <laughs> so what, what's your day-to-day here you come in in the morning and yeah kind of talk so, about where you're going exactly i uh so in, in my role i send my ideas into the newsroom remotely i don't have to go they have an editorial meeting every morning i tell them what I'm what I know I'm working on for the day and I'll either get a yay or nay most of the time because I've been here so long they trust that I know what's going on yeah. and have a pulse on things so they'll you know they'll say go for it so my photographer and I convene here in the morning um, I usually get in between 9 nine thirty. he's scheduled to come in at 9 30 and and we're off and we spend our day gathering interviews and meeting nice folks out in the community um, most of the time we're doing two different stories on two different subjects um, and then um, by uh, two o'clock we have a good sense as to where we're going to be uh, in our newscast so for instance uh, today when we're recording this i was in the noon broadcast which is rare i'm not always in there but we're working on a story that has some immediacy so they want it in the noon today but typically i contribute to the four or five or six or sometimes all three so we're uh by two o'clock we know where we're going to be we're usually set up and writing at that point and, and he's editing feverishly getting all of our content together from the interviews through the day and then um, we're live uh, on TV, so what people see at home on the on their television, the you know minute and a half, two minutes that I'm on TV, actually is a very small portion of what I do every day. I mean, we're the rest of the day is spent sort of hunting and gathering. Yeah, that we're out there doing that stuff. Are you up late working hard, like uh, Bluestein, or is that a so Bluestein uh, is his own animal, man? As you know, he's 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 kind of a one man show, and he's got to cover a lot of territory, and sometimes he's getting on you know planes flying around the state with the governor here's more um, of a nine to five 
as much as you can be in my business, um, but I'm always on email. I'm always getting phone calls after hours from sources or people telling me stuff that's going on. So yeah, it sounds we, like you can't plan anything more than two days out. You really if, can't. if that much. Yeah, yeah, you really can. I mean, um, and, you know, I've got a family with two kids at home and a wife that works, so you you just got to balance it. Got to you know, kind of work around that, um, and as best you can put up a firewall between your work day and your not work day. But, Kids uh, suck for balance. Cause it's tell that, me about yeah, it. When that email comes in and you're like, Oof, i got to deal with this right now. I know. know. Yeah, yeah. And my wife is constantly telling me to get off my phone. And my kids are starting to get to that age where, like, Daddy, get off your phone. Yeah. Well, I'm working. I'm not just looking at Facebook. But, it's it, as you know, it's a tough balance. You just have to... My yeah. three-year-old picked up my computer yesterday and said, look, I'm daddy, and acted like he was typing. I was like, oh, damn, is that what I look like all the time? <laughs> <laughs> That's how they see me? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think the wives get it that, like, we are working, you know? Like, I'm not just, like, scrolling down on Pinterest infinitely. Like, there's stuff going on over here. I'm making deals and everything. Yeah. And so. Sasha will ask me what I'm doing, too. I'm like, uh, I mean, I could say editing a podcast, but that's probably not what you want to hear, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's definitely, there's definitely a work-life balance and being a journalist, um, as in many professions, I mean, you, you just, it's not always there, and you just have to kind of work at it. Yeah. So She signed up for that lifestyle, huh? She, I was a reporter when my wife met me, and she knew she knew that's what we were getting ourselves into. She happens to be an OBGYN, so oh. um, there, is, there's no, there is no consistency to that workflow. I mean, right. she is, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, there's a baby coming out, boom. Oh, yeah, you're right. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. What do, you, what do you guys do for like emergency babysitting? Gotta have lots of babysitters. Gotta, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a we have a roster. You know, okay. we have a bench. Uh, for a <laughs> while, we had family in town. They're kind of coming and going. So, uh, you know, we rely on uh, on our community, friends and family, you know, friends to help us pick up the kids sometimes, and uh, you know, put them in after school care and things. I mean, there have literally been times where. My wife has a set day on call, and her office, by the way, is in Dunwoody, Arbor OBGYN. We'll give her a plug. plug. Yeah. Give her a little plug oh, right I there think. in Shambly Dunwoody Road. Um, you know that one. Yeah, I do know that one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well, there you go. Uh, and there have been, there literally have been times where I've been getting ready to go live, and she's going. she picks up the kids in the afternoon, and she's like, I have a delivery. Um, where are you at? And there was literally, there was one time I was like, well, I'm going to a breaking news fire, and you're trying to put out fires to the hospital, and my kids went with her to labor and delivery and sat at the nurse's station while she went back and did a C-section. It's iPads. And That's what iPads are for. iPads are your friend. Uh, I came in, and I, I met them at the hospital, and I think my daughter was playing Candy Crush. Uh-oh. Oh, that might not work. Oh, yeah, we can't deal with that. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, and I think he thought you fired him. Yeah. <laughs> you are gone. Because <laughs> I'm wearing a suit. <laughs> I tried to be nice about it. Okay. Nice, All right, nice. we can pick back up. Uh, yeah. So I feel like the fire story takes priority. Well, you don't want to take the kids to the fire. No, obviously. Much well, safer for them to be at a hospital than for them to be in an apartment fire. Um, so you know, we made it work, but it, it's touch and go. Believe me. So I've, I've gotten to cover some pretty cool stuff in my career. My first job was in Augusta, Georgia. So I covered the Masters Golf Tournament for four years. Oh, that's fun. Got to play the course three times, which my dad hates me for forever. Um, that was awesome. After um, one year, they let you play it. Yeah, and and believe me, like I, I think I shot like a 128, and that was conservative. That was like fudging the numbers a little, a little bit. Little cheating you know, going a on. Little cheating going on. Um, then, then my next job was in Louisville, Kentucky, which is the home of the Derby. So I got to go to the Derby and cover all the pomp and circumstance with that. So you know, you get to do some cool stuff. It's not just you know the bummer beat all the time. So. You know, we get to do some some neat stuff, meet some really cool people, then some interviewed some presidential candidates, and uh, no winners though. No, uh, no, I interviewed <laughs> I interviewed Hillary Clinton. Uh, 
We know how that turned out. Uh, but I did interview Barack Obama's wife, so that counts, Close right? Enough, yeah. Yeah. Very lovely lady, very nice, very nice. It's the wives that truly run our government. So basically, you did interview the president. Essentially, yeah. 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 We all know. Close enough. We all know that Michelle Obama probably ran the country. So. <laughs> yeah, the secret puppeteer of those eight years was her. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, so. Let's hear the whole Snyderman story now. Well, yeah. So that I mean that that case, uh, I had, I wasn't here very long when that happened because we're coming up on, believe it or not, it's been what. Ten years. Yeah, yeah, ten years ago. And so, um, yeah, that's about right. Uh, I was working the night shift, you know, when I started. I was actually freelancing at the time. And I remember the day that that happened and, you know, sending me out here to to pick it up. You know, that's a story that just kind of resonated with me. I felt like I could identify with all the characters in the story. I mean, I live in this community. um, And as it turned out, as I learned later, I had a lot of different connections to people that were related to the story. So it was one of those stories that just kind of sticks with you. Um, and it's it was just a bizarre set of circumstances. Well, and at 10 years now, there's probably people that don't even know the story that we're talking about. So and that's very possible. Yeah, anybody who's lived in Dunwoody for any period of time would. But but, but the you know the backstory in this whole thing was you have a, a young father uh, dropping his son off at daycare. And uh, a guy comes out of nowhere wearing a fake mask and, and shoots him to death in the uh, parking lot of Dunwoody Prep right there in Dunwoody Village. In the village, yeah. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of people around, and it was right in the morning, you know, the morning rush. And, uh, and then the guy takes off, and, of course, the story um, starts to evolve, and it becomes this stranger-than-fiction uh, narrative where you have uh, the boss of the man's wife uh, who is accused of doing it and later admits to it, uh, but says it was in a moment of, of an insanity. And then there's this al- allegation of an affair that took place. I mean, it was all these different, you know, peeling back the onion. It just got more bizarre as the case went on. Um, and I had an opportunity to cover all three of the trials. So both of Hemi Newman's trials and then Andrea Snyderman's trial. And it was just, um, it was surreal to watch that whole thing play out. Yeah, you don't. Again, women. Women are pulling the trigger. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different than Michelle Obama, but. <laughs> Very different, yes. Uh, and Dunley Prep is one of our sponsors for this show. No. <laughs> <laughs> they were a sponsor yeah. for this show. <laughs> I mean, no, we were talking about that. My wife and I were talking about that the other day. Like, there are now like two generations of kids that have gone through that school where their parents probably don't know what happened or don't aren't you know, familiar with that situation. And it was such an anomaly. This thing doesn't happen in Dunwoody. I think that's that's why it was such a big deal. Absolutely. And, you know, in the Jewish community, uh, because everybody involved was a part of the Jewish community, it's just not something you see. Mm. It was just a a bizarre thing. So that story, to this day, I've been doing this 20 years, that still resonates probably the most out of any of the the trials that I've ever covered, just because of all the twists and turns and the relationships of the people involved and then just my personal connection living here and knowing a lot of the people and knowing the players and um, you know you don't always see that you don't always you're not always like in the mix like that well and the whole fake beard it was a fake beard wasn't yeah you had it? a fake beard on yeah that. yeah which could have just been like a party city purchase you know very possibly yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember if they were able to link it back to where he bought it but uh, they had a pretty good idea yeah they, they found the rental van pretty quickly and that's how they found him yeah, yeah they were able to link back who rented the van you know, his his plan didn't go for for an engineer with as much education as he purported he to have. A smart he, guy. Um, he was not the smartest criminal. Most people are not that smart at murdering other people. That's that's one thing I've learned from watching Dateline and all these other things. It's like nobody ever goes to like murder school, and then that way they always end up getting caught. And people always I think murder school Google is it, right? Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dateline is the murder school. Yeah. Or they Google it, like how do I get away with right. murder? And yeah. then and then the police find that you Googled that and. 
you're done. So what are some other good stories around here? So, uh, I, you know, I think uh, the uh, traffic is always a huge issue, right? You probably hear from the people listening to your podcast about just the craziness. I mean, I literally live six minutes that way across the line in Sandy Springs, but we won't say that. Um, it has taken me an hour and a half to get home just driving down Hammond some yeah. of these days. And I think a lot of that is because of what's going on with the 285-400 thing. And, you know, obviously, as you know, in Dunwoody, it's a real controversy right now about the express lanes that are going to be coming across the top end of the perimeter and people losing their homes over in the Georgetown area, potentially. Um, That's where he lives. We, were, we went to the public meeting that they had at the church over here on Mount Vernon a couple mm-hmm. of weeks back. Um, you know, but as you know, Terry Nall and, and all of them have been very vocal about let's make sure that we're doing this smartly. And, yeah. and um, so that's a really big story for Dunwoody, I think, right now. Um, and GDOT has given everybody sort of the impression that nothing's a done deal yet. We're going to continue to work through this. And on a case-by-case basis, they're going to they're going to contact the homeowners who are affected by it. And then start the, the process, but you know I think people are worried about it. The, the whole idea of eminent domain comes up, and is the government going to take my house in the name of progress? And that's a big. And they are. It's, yeah, it's it, going to be tough to fight that. It, I think I think it's going to be, um, but one would hope that GDOT would give folks fair market value for their houses. Yeah. I mean, you guys know the real estate market. I mean, it's it, it's. I think the fair market is after all of the construction starts, though. I think that's what a lot of people have a problem with, is that the fair market value comes after everybody knows that it's going to be a dump of a house, you know, or you're going to have a highway right next to your house. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that's part of the problem. Yeah. You lose you lose value big time, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's a big story for this area right now, I think. We uh, want to make traffic worse around here because those are our only listeners or people that are stuck in their car. Oh, so, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So this is perfect for you. This is great. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's going to take years and years, and you're going to have construction forever and um, gridlock. So that's great. People yeah. listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it must be terrible to be stuck in traffic and listening to us talk about traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Adding insult to injury. Yeah, yeah. Ha, you. <laughs> we cover a lot of crime at Channel 2, um, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Um, Why is Channel 2 like the crime news? No, I, I wouldn't say that they're a crime. I mean, the reality is it's just it's just what's going on, and a lot of times it's compelling, and it's important for people to know about it. That's um, true, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, when I first got assigned the, the gig up this direction, I thought to myself, there is nothing going on in North Fulton County and North DeKalb, and I go up into Forsyth once in a while. And I was surprised just getting all the police reports every day at the kind of stuff that happens. I mean, it's not a lot of violent crime, thankfully, but you have... Property crime is huge, you know. I mean, I see it in Dunwoody too. I look at all the police reports every day. You have burglaries, uh, car break-ins, things that affect everyday people. I mean, thankfully, you're not going to have shootings like at the Dunwoody Prep kind of thing right. um, every day. But uh, property crime is a big deal. People are, are having their stuff stolen. But I was surprised. I mean, there there's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of like swindling going on. You know, there's a, a popular scam that we see up this direction um, is like the grand the grandmother grandfather scam where you get a phone call from someone purporting to be your nephew or your, or your grandson, like, I'm in jail in Mexico, um, uh, I need bail money in the form of green dot cards or Apple, uh, you know, uh, Apple gift cards, which should be right there, should be a red flag. Like, yeah. you don't pay for bail with that. <laughs> the, but the prison issued me a Bitcoin address. <laughs> Start writing it down. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, or, you know, Venmo me the... <laughs> Here's the here's the bail amount. No, but it's it's true and it's sad because a lot of folks are being preyed upon 
and they're tugging at their heartstrings and and they're going after them. And I've seen I've seen people lose like ten thousand dollars in these kinds of scams. Um, so that's a real big one that people need to be careful about. Probably tough to get your money back too with that. Absolutely. It, it, once it's nice once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And most of the time, it's it's being sent out of the country, you know, to Mexico or um, in the islands. There's guys that are that literally it's their job is they just call people with either spoofed phone numbers or things like that. Yeah. Um, so we do see a lot of that up this direction. Uh, thankfully, like I said, the violent crimes are not huge, but there are every once in a while you get a carjacking at Perimeter Mall. Uh, yeah, I think that's where most of the crime happens. That's what the chief said. But most of the crime happens right around Perimeter Mall. Yeah, and car break-ins that kind of thing. And for seemingly obvious reasons, it's a uh, population hub. I think I heard someone say there's like a hundred thousand plus people in the perimeter every the city day. City doubles. Yeah, every day. Just yeah. because of people working and coming here, and so yeah, I mean it's a target-rich environment. Yeah. These guys are coming out. They're looking for people that leave stuff sitting in their cars. They're looking for folks walk into their car not paying attention to the parking deck over here um so so i think from that perspective yeah crime can be gratuitous just to put it on tv but i think our job as reporters is to give it context and tell people here's why you should care about this this is why you know don't live with your head buried in the sand just because you live in dunwoody or sandy springs or alpharetta that it's you know mayberry it's it's not People yeah. do need a constant reminder. Otherwise, they just forget, and it's like they're, they're checking their phone on the way out to the parking lot, and they're not – no situational awareness, right? So that's a great way to put it, situational awareness. And we hear that all the time from the police. You know, know where you are. Know your surroundings. Keep your eyes open. doesn't mean you need to be paranoid, but a, a dose of paranoia probably isn't a bad thing. Look crazy when you're going to your car. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, like you should look worse than that guy. That's maybe like <laughs> he comes to you. He's like, oh, I don't want to mess with. I don't him. want to he mess with this up. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So have, has this kind of numbed you to a lot of the stuff that you've seen? I think so. I mean, I think when you see it enough uh, and you cover enough of this stuff, it it does become because at some point you have to sort of separate it a little bit. You can't you can't let it get to you. I mean, we fortunately we cover unfortunately we cover a lot of horrible things, um, and you can't let it get to you. Um, but you're right. The flip side of that is that sometimes I am numb by it, and I don't. I don't think like that either. We were just watching you talk about a child that drowned, and I mean, you've got kids. That's Wait, it, that's what you were just talking about. Exactly. It was actually a child. She was found near a pool. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was some, some really shady circumstances. We're still waiting to hear sort of what happened, but they they locked up an acquaintance for concealing her death, and there was obvious trauma to her body. So we're sort of reading between the lines that we don't know all the answers yet. Right. But her funeral is actually today in Dunwoody at, at uh, North Atlanta uh, Christian uh, yeah, Church be, of Christ. I'd be terrible at this job. I'd be crying constantly on the air. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and you, uh, I was telling somebody the other day, one of the worst parts of my job, hands down, is having to go talk to a grieving, grieving family right. after somebody dies. Yeah. There's no tactful way to do it. There's no handbook that says here's how you should do it you just have to be really careful and respectful and but it's it's not easy yeah you know situation like this you know we went to the family's house and i left the business card on the door you know and followed up with a with a phone call or an email that i had gotten from public records just to sort of like give them their space right. you know it's that's all you can do but yeah it's it's horrible when and when i had kids you know when i started in this business i didn't have kids but when you have kids, it totally changes your perspective. You put yourself in the in the parents' shoes in every situation, yeah. and it's uh, it's difficult. Are you 
but are you an easy crier back in your personal life? Like, if you watch Toy Story 3, are you bawling, like, when they're holding hands at the end about to get incinerated? My wife is constantly ribbing me about how much of a softie I am when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, we'll, we'll be watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy, right? And just something... I, I'm going to admit it. We watch that show. Uh, the music starts up, and you're like, oh, here we go. She looks over, and my eyes are just, like, starting to well up with tears, and... She's the worst. She cries at everything. Doesn't matter what it, what it is. But so she gives me a hard time when I'm doing it. That, I, I am a, I am a, I'm a human being, guys. You know, I, I have feelings. But professionally, but, you can keep it welded. I guess. I, yeah. yeah, I You're can't. Not crying on the scene. I can't cry on TV. <laughs> I cannot cry. Um, I've seen it happen. There, you know, and typically it ends up in a blooper reel somewhere that <laughs> some reporter just lost it. But at the, you know, at the end of the day, we are we are human beings, and um, some people are able to. to bottle it up more than others but yeah I, I think I would lose all credibility probably if I were on TV just crying I had a woman stick her tongue in my ear one time when I was live on TV <laughs> downtown Augusta G- give her a card afterwards yeah <laughs> married her yeah yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Nicole why did you do that uh, no um, got your attention didn't it yeah, yeah absolutely um, but thankfully it was way the social media didn't exist and YouTube wasn't around so unless somebody has that on a you know Real to real somewhere. Well, let's talk about the council. What, who's going to be a mayor this year? You think? Ooh. I mean, I think Terry's the only one that's yeah, right, running right now. Uh, and you know, I, I obviously never endorse a candidate or say anything about what I would think. But from from just my covering the area, I feel like he's everywhere. Like yeah. every time I go to an event, there he is, um, and he's always been very transparent. In a suit. He's always in a suit. Yes, uh, I've seen him in a golf shirt one time at like uh, an event over there. Was it Village Mill? That's real yeah. laid back. Yeah, like they say like, in The Sopranos, the Don doesn't wear shorts. You know, he's got to he's got to be in pants. I've never at seen all him time. in shorts, uh, yeah. but he's always been real friendly with us and, and uh, Mayor Shortall as well. Just real transparent and open with us. And the best Mayor um, Shortall. You know, we you know covering government on the local level. You know, there sometimes city councils don't want to be so transparent with you. You know, they want to, uh, and I'm not speaking about anybody in particular, but, you know, there are things that happen and they just don't want you to know about it, and so they kind of spin in a certain way. And my experience in Dunwoody, even with the police department and everything, is they've always been very open to us, and when we ask for records and things, it's never really an issue. Um, I'm sure you're aware of the situation that uh, the AJC and Channel 2 dealt with with the city of Atlanta that ended with the first ever, you know, criminal charges for a public information person for, no, for withholding records. Yeah. yeah, we did not know. Uh, about this. This, so this happened. Uh, we had a reporter, uh, Richard Belcher, is one of the best in the business, who was asking for some records of some city council people in Atlanta to see if they had paid their water bills. And long story short, <laughs> um, there was a paper trail uh, from one of the. Uh, city spokespeople basically saying to the watershed folks, make it as difficult for them as possible and as hard as possible for them to get the answers, and it was in a text. So there was <laughs> so there was a paper trail. And so we caught wind of it, started reporting on it, the Attorney General's office got involved, and for the first time in Georgia history, charged a, a government official for obstruction, and there was a lawsuit and a settlement, and then um, we had the AJC and, the, and Channel 2 prevailed, and they ended up donating the proceeds of what the city had to pay which is some, some coin, uh, to the First Amendment Foundation in the name of, you know, open record to First Amendment. So, uh, oh, And the city has to pay for all that fighting? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, and these are taxpayers that have to do it. So I'm I'm always thankful as a, reporter, as a reporter when I can deal with a city that is transparent and open. Um, so I think Dunwoody has done a great job of that. Yeah. For sure. 
you know, all their stuff's on Facebook Live. I mean, they, they're pretty open about it. In, in fact, uh, the police department really, uh, their Facebook page has been a model for a lot of other departments. Oh, I know yeah. that uh, Chief Grogan has gone around and done seminars on how to use social media effectively to communicate with your community. He's written a couple books about it. Yeah, and so he's he's really in tune with that, and you've got... Um, you know, guys like uh, uh, Fidel Espinosa, uh, who does the Facebook Lives when he's out on his shift. People love that. You know, yeah. it's like they love watching these cop shows and stuff. But th- when it's in your community and you can see what's going on and he's out there on the shift telling you, hey, we're over here doing this X, Y and Z. People people really take that take to that. And then there's a trust level that I think is built between the community when they understand that they can have a connection with their police department. Yeah, we saw one recently. It was a it was a Facebook Live after Austin Elementary was shut down for the there was a swatting. You know, I covered those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the so the cop is doing his Facebook Live thing, and then in the background there's a pizza guy that walks up to the door that's still locked, and he's trying to get it. They see this other cop running in the background, like, what the, you know? <laughs> can't you see the crime tape? What are you yeah, doing? What are you doing? So they sent you to all those swatters. Yeah, I got I got dispatched to. Brookhaven on those. Um, it was right when they were doing all of them at once. It was like the multiple calls. But uh, yeah, we went to I think we went to Austin. Um, Chestnut Elementary was included in there. Yeah. And then we were. Like, I, I was, had just dropped my son off at school, <laughs> and so there was like maybe you know a hundred kids of the four hundred kids in the school, and um, they had to spend the whole day there. We Oof. spent a long Locked time. Walked down there. to the gym. Uh, yeah, I don't know where they were. I think they were in their classrooms. I think it was only you know eight kids in the class. Yeah. So a normal school day is what you're saying? Well, they did nothing really. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, scary stuff. I mean, they're uh, trying to return the kids to their parents, and oh, parents were I knocking on the doors of mass. We have friends whose son goes to Dun- Dunwoody Elementary, and you know they were one of the targets too. And she was just getting so fed up. Yeah. It's like every other day there was a disruption of some kind. It was like a full month that it was on and off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I would be. Frustrated too as a parent if that yeah. were happening in my kid's school. So, very true, very true. Out. What is that? <laughs> Stepped in like a crushed fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving that in. That's for the raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> Our only gazebo podcast. Yeah. There you yeah go. I think it went pretty well. Yeah. Made, out of, made yeah. out of recycled paper. Hopefully you can we, hear it. We only fired one guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy's gone. He's gone. Thanks for making time for us, Mike. My and, pleasure. Um, Hopefully you can make something out of that. 